Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. One and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This is our roster management episode of the podcast, so that means we are going to look at the waiver wire, talk a little bit about uh, some rest of season rankings, just some of the decisions that you're basically going to have to make with your fantasy football rosters, and then we will look at quarterback tight end, kicker, and defensive special teams streamers. Of course, we will have more in-depth information on rotoexperts.com behind the paywall, but uh, you know, this is just uh, our, our helpful podcast to try and help you guys get your rosters into a winning shape in the 2019 fantasy football season. The first thing that I wanted to cover is guys who should be owned in every league, but uh, you know, if you subscribe to worse fantasy football podcasts, if you read worse fantasy football websites. These guys are going to be mentioned. DK Metcalf, Greg Olson, Raheem Mostert, Malcolm Brown, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, DJ Shark, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. There, I've already clicked around. I've already read some other fantasy football articles around the industry, and uh, you know, several of these guys have been mentioned in articles this week. Of course, if you're playing in a competitive league, these guys absolutely need to be rostered. There are also some guys who I think might have been dropped in some leagues and are going to be ads. And these are ads are assuming your team is three and zero or two and one, and because they're you know they're kind of more long term assets. They don't have a ton of immediate production right now, but they are the elite handcuffs. So that's Alexander Madison, Darwin Thompson, Justice Hill, Ronald Jones, Justin Jackson, Tony Pollard, and uh, of course the aforementioned Malcolm Brown. These are guys who later on in the season really do have league winning potential. So I want to make sure that on your teams where you're not scrambling for roster spots right now, where you're not trying to scrape for as many points as you can, that you are rostering these guys. All right. As far as I'm concerned, there are really only three potential difference makers on the waiver wire this week. And one of them I'm probably not going to go crazy about, and it's not the one that you think. So in terms of my waiver rankings this week, I would put Wayne Gallman number one, Philip Dorsett number two, and Daryl Williams number three. Now I think that's not the way that most leagues are going to play out. I think Daryl Williams is going to be the most expensive bid. I assume that in leagues that still do waiver priority, that Williams is going to be the number one overall add. And the reason why I'm not going crazy about him is one, I don't think that Damian Williams is going to be outright benched. I think that's probably pretty unlikely. I think he will have some role when he returns from his knee contusion. The second is that Williams's best gains of the game came when uh, LaShawn McCoy left with an ankle injury. I believe he had, I think it was like a 45-yard run that he had once LaShawn McCoy left the game. And Darwin Thompson also was playing a little bit after that run, kind of more, I think, he, I think he actually got three straight rushes and four straight snaps. So we are legitimately looking at a situation where there's maybe going to be four running backs getting touches in Kansas City on a weekly basis. And while Daryl Williams, it definitely does have value. You know, I would say you should be bidding some of your fab on him, but not really going 
all in because the the time to get him uh, was as I mentioned on this podcast last week and as I mentioned in our waiver wire article on rotoexperts.com the time to add him was last week when it became pretty clear that Damian Williams wasn't going to play that LaShawn McCoy was hurt and also that uh, he you know he played over Darwin Thompson at the end of that Oakland game after the other two guys got injured so I thought it was pretty clear that Daryl was going to be the guy who was playing and uh, you know that it wasn't going to be Darwin Thompson this week. And, uh, you know, that's not that's not me, uh, you know, rewriting history or anything like that. You can go back and read the Week 3 waiver wire column and see that Darrell Williams was mentioned in there. Uh, Philip Dorsett, another really good add. Antonio Brown off the roster, so Dorsett is automatically the third wide receiver in that offense. But Julian Edelman also left uh, their Week 3 game at halftime with a rib injury. Josh Gordon missed a few series after tweaking his thumb in a Jets player's face mask. So uh, Dorsett actually led all of the non-QB, non-offensive line Patriots in snaps. He had a two-touchdown game in Week 1, scored in the Week 3 game. I think Dorsett is a real part of this Patriots offense. He's really replacing a lot of those passes that Rob Gronkowski used to get. And, you know... James White only missed one game, and and it was for childbirth. It wasn't for injury. But I do think it highlights that any game that uh, Julian Edelman misses, that James White misses, that Rex Burkhead misses, all of that would kind of just be a positive flow for Philip Dorsett. But the guy who I'm most interested in this week is Wayne Gallman. Now, he is not Saquon Barkley. I don't think he's going to be nearly as good. I don't think he'll get as much usage. And there definitely is a chance that the Giants sign CJ Anderson, Jay Ajayi, you know, someone off of the couch. I think they could even bring back Jonathan Stewart, right? That That is really something that I think could happen. But the other running back options that they have on the roster right now are career backup Rod Smith, who was cut and replaced by Tony Pollard in Dallas, Elijah Penny, who was cut from Arizona and is really more of a fullback, and practice squad running back Jonathan Hillman after the uh, the Giants cut their longtime backup Paul Perkins, who played at UCLA in college. Goldman is not a very good player, but he's capable of playing uh, on third downs, right? And Daniel Jones looks really good. And as a result of Daniel Jones looking really good, I think we have to raise the expectations for what we think this offense can be. And if this offense is better, Goldman doesn't really have to be good to have value. Saquon Barkley created a lot of his own value, but I don't think Wayne Gallman will have to create his own value. So that is a, a really big difference to me. The The rest of this, I don't think this is a great week. So some of the other guys who I think are borderline starters, Daniel Jones, uh, he had 406 rushing attempts and 1,300 yards and 17 rushing touchdowns in college, ran for two touchdowns, including a zone read touchdown uh, in his first NFL start. So I, I, I'm optimistic, encouraged by what we saw from Daniel Jones. Deontay Johnson for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, is uh, a pretty good add. He was the starting wide receiver for the Steelers last week. This is an ideal time to add Christopher Herndon, who will be returning uh, pretty soon here after the Jets get back from their bye week from his DUI suspension. I think he is, you know, pretty likely to lead this team in targets in the red zone and take away some of that intermediate work from Jamison Crowder. Preston Williams had 12 targets from Josh Rosen last week. Miami looked a little bit more competent both on offense and defense in week three against Dallas despite only scoring six points. I'm not huge on him, not huge on adding Miami players in general, but uh, you know, teams who are really hurting at wide receiver I think could use Preston Williams interactions right now. Uh, Other teams that are hurting at wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, 
left Sunday's game with a quad contusion. Uh, Devin Funchess is out with his clavicle injury. Zach Pascal, Dion Kane, and Paris Campbell are all, you know, 1% to 5% bids in deeper leagues because, uh, you know, the Colts are pretty run-heavy, but it's not like they can throw all of their passes to Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, and Naheem Hines. Uh, we saw last year, while Andrew Luck was the quarterback, you know, some value for Pascal, some value for Dontrell Inman, some value for Chester Rogers. So really just all of the secondary Colts wide receivers are kind of borderline ads. Ronald Jones, again, led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in rushing yards, rushing attempts, and yards per carry. So it kind of seems like that speculation that he was injured during the Panthers game was true and is now, you know, going to re-re-re-return to the, uh, the status of being the starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I'm not even sure is that valuable of a role, but it is, it, you know, he's a running back who can get some positive points. Uh, Golden Tate, another speculation ad based on the return of himself from suspension. Uh, you know, if, if we think that Daniel Jones is legit, then we definitely have to improve the prognosis for Golden Tate. Uh, I am not really in on Jamal Williams, but I definitely... Definitely think he's a guy who, you know, again, another running back who's getting touches and, you know, a better than league average offense. Some other deep ads. Kenny Stills uh, has been playing more snaps, running more routes than Kiki Cutie, and leads the Houston Texans in yards per target with 13.7. He probably needs an injury to Cutie or Fuller to be a guy you really want to start. But he's basically a wide receiver handcuff, right? And if any sort of injury happens in that Texans offense, his role is really going to explode. Jacoby Myers would be the equivalent of that in the New England Patriots offense, where uh, if Gordon, Brown, or Dorsett gets hurt, he becomes a starting player in that offense. Demetrius Harris. I, Demetrius Harris actually is a really interesting ad because he is a super athletic former Kansas City Chief, uh, played uh, you know about 80% of the snaps in the Browns. Sunday night game against the Rams, scored a touchdown. Ricky Seals-Jones played only six snaps, saw one target. Uh, Harris was not targeted very often, but just being on the field in that offense, that we, I, I do expect it to get better eventually. So I definitely think that, uh, that that will matter. I think Harris is a decent add in tight end premium formats. So definitely someone, you know, he'd be worth, again, a tight end premium format, I expect him to probably go for more than 10% of fab after playing all of those snaps last week. Jeff Wilson Jr., two games, four touchdowns, really a deep league kind of only guy because he's getting no work in between the 20s at all, only one target the last two weeks. And you're never going to feel comfortable starting him because without a touchdown, he literally is probably getting you like one point maximum. So not super interested in him, but probably a guy who should be owned in deeper formats. Uh, the weekly mention of the Arizona wide receivers, 72 snaps for Demir Bird, 69 apiece for Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, 36 for Keyshawn Johnson, 13 apiece for Michael Crabtree and Max Williams, three for Trent Sherfield, one for Andy Isabella. Uh, you know, again, Demir Bird should just be owned. And uh, I kind of think now it seems like Michael Crabtree is going to eventually overtake Keyshawn Johnson. I thought it was going to be Demir Bird, but it seems like it is going to be Keyshawn Johnson that uh, loses out. And also, and in super deep formats where, you know, you're really just looking for guys who are going to be able to get on the field eventually, I think Andy Isabella is eventually going to beat out Demir Bird. That seems like that is going to be their offensive plan, and that might not happen until week 10, but it seems like that is kind of the direction that the team is going. Now, our super, super deep targets, you know, these are like, like, you know, 16-team leagues with 20-man rosters, like stuff like that. 
Elijah Penny and Rod Smith are now the presumed backups for the New York Giants. Penny really is more of a fullback. So if they don't sign a veteran running back and something were to happen to Gallman, I think Penny and Smith would kind of form the timeshare. Seems like Penny would get maybe a little bit more of the receiving work. Uh, these are these are really thin ads. I don't like these as much as I like Darrell Williams last week. TJ Yeldon played 29 snaps last week, slotted directly into the Devin Singletary role with eight rushing attempts and three targets. Really should not be on the wire in 14-team or deeper leagues. Jordan Wilkins, 10 snaps, three carries, and basically is the like-for-like replacement for Marlon Mack, not Naheem Hines. And now let's go ahead and get into our defensive, uh, well, just really all of our streaming candidates, quarterback, uh, tight end, kicker, and defense. Reminder, all of these guys are less than 50% owned in Yahoo Leagues the quarterback position. I think we have some pretty easy options this week. Daniel Jones is owned in 18% of Yahoo leagues. He's going to be playing at home to Washington, who has now given up big fantasy days to everyone they've played. Uh, Dak Prescott, Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, I'm forgetting I'm forgetting the other team that oh uh, Carson Wentz. So they've given up big fantasy days to all everyone that they've played because their defense is not any good. Uh, but their offense has been okay at scoring points. You know, not really horrible, which uh, is going to bring us to Case Keenum in the if you're desperate segment. Jacoby Brissett playing at home to Oakland had a great fantasy day last week. He was our top streamer last week and really came through for us. Uh, a lot of people are going to have the ability to play. Matthew Stafford. He's 51% owned. I just wanted to mention him. I think I do think he is a pretty good play uh, at home to Kansas City. That should be uh, you know a relatively high scoring game. So just thought that I would go ahead and throw that in there. Case Keenum at the New York Giants, 16% owned. Again, you know I do think that I think that as long as there's no threat of uh, you know as long as there is no threat of Dwayne Haskins coming in, he's like a he's a pretty fine streamer. Uh, he, he's just been good in, uh, he's just been good this year for fantasy through, uh, through three games. He's thrown 43, 37 and 44 passing attempts. So, you know, why, why just, you know, why are we, why are we complaining? He's had at least two touchdowns in every single game. He's had over 300 passing yards twice. So, you know, that's just the way Washington is playing right now. Um, I would be avoiding uh, some guys like Gardner Minshew, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco this week. Uh, you know, maybe uh, so. Teddy Bridgewater is available in ninety-four uh, percent of leagues. So I, you know, if you are super like we're talking two quarterbacks or sixteen-team leagues or whatever, you know, super deep situations. Uh, you know, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback or something, and that's just the situation you're in. That's fine. I would not be super excited about that, but definitely. Uh, good streaming options this week. I think Daniel Jones, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Andy Dalton, Case Keenum. Uh, wow. I mean, stuff like this makes me wonder why I, you know, like I have Cam Newton on a couple teams and I'm kind of stressed out about it due to the fact that he has this Liz Frank injury. But why, why would I be stressed out about it at this point? Because we've got all these options on the waiver wire. Uh, Kyle Allen, even, you know, playing at Houston in this game, we kind of expect that game to be higher scoring. But Daniel Jones would be the top streamer. Jacoby Brissett, number two. Andy Dalton, number three. Uh, and then Kyle Allen, Matthew Stafford, and Case Keenum are some of the other guys that we are interested in. Tight end streaming, not as easy, I don't think. And tight end streaming is never going to be at, at that easy, especially now that Jason Witten doesn't count as a streamer anymore. He is 54% owned. Will Disley at Arizona, he is going to be the number one most popular streamer of the week. Um, 
for very obvious reasons. He's only 46% owned on Yahoo, so he counts. So don't get mad at me. He definitely does count. So far against Arizona, TJ Hawkinson had his best game of the year. Greg Olson had two touchdowns. Marcus, uh, Marcus, LOL. Uh, Mark Andrews had 25 PPR points. So they've just completely given it up to tight ends thus far. And it's not anything they're doing schematically or anything that they're bad at against tight ends. It's simply just that they're not a very good defense and they give up a ton of plays. That's very good good for tight ends, very bad for everyone else. Uh, in deeper leagues, Jack Doyle, I think, is a pretty good streamer with all of these wide receiver injuries. He's seen only nine targets through three games, but I do think he will be relied on a little bit more with T.Y. Hilton out. That's that's my that's my hope. That's uh, that That is definitely hopeful. Uh, so to take that with a grain of salt, Tyler Eifert would be another guy who, if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, definitely has uh, a role and is involved in the red zone, 11 targets through three games. Uh, I think that uh, he is reasonable. Gerald Everett, seven targets, uh, you know, you know, not a ton, not a ton of fantasy points, but definitely is a guy who has been on the field a lot for a very good offense and is now playing this game at home to Tampa Bay. So I think that that is is a pretty decent spot. And then, as previously mentioned in the waiver wire segment, Demetrius Harris played 65 snaps for Cleveland last week. Not a good matchup at Baltimore, but at the tight end position, if you're if you are really desperate and you just need someone who is going to be on the field, uh, Demetrius Harris is going to be that guy for you. Looking at defenses now, seems like a tough week for defensive streamers because the Chargers defense, who plays against Miami, they are of course very owned. Uh, they're owned in 81% of Yahoo fantasy leagues. People are smart; they pick up on those sorts of things. Uh, the Denver defense plays at home to Jackson. They are 35% owned on Yahoo. They've scored. This is crazy. Uh, if you had to guess how many fantasy points the Denver defense has scored this year, you would be super wrong because they have scored one fantasy point this year. That's right one fantasy point, but they're playing at home to Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew. You know, I don't think Denver defense is, I, I don't think it's a slam dunk pick, but this should be, you know, kind of a more positive game script. Uh, the Pittsburgh defense, 19% owned on Yahoo. They're playing at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. That should be a situation where they are able to find themselves seeing some pass attempts. Uh, maybe my, actually, no, I'll just say my number one favorite defensive uh, streamer of the week is Indianapolis at home to Oakland. Uh, not maybe not going to be a ton of passing attempts in that game because Indianapolis is so good at uh, controlling the ball, and that does kind of limit. Uh, you know, basically, when when teams are really good at controlling the ball, that does limit. Uh, the amount of possessions that they're going to see, and when you like when you're limiting the amount of possessions, that inherently means that you are limiting the amount of chances to score fantasy points. Now, finally, uh, we are moving towards our kicker segment, and of course, a reminder that. Uh, you can go and get more in-depth, more streaming options on RotoExperts.com. My streaming column is free every week. This is just our first look, basically looking at things before waivers process so that if you want to spend a couple of your fab dollars on your streaming options, you are able to do so. Some kicker options who are under 50% owned. Matt Bryant at home to Kansas City, or Matt Prater rather, uh, 34%. Uh, I think that he seems pretty strong. Zane Gonzalez at home to Seattle. I 
mean, he scored 32 fantasy points this year. He's been one of the absolute best kicking options in the league because of how many possessions Arizona runs and how cowardly uh, Cliff Kingsbury is. That's been huge. I've been telling people to add Austin Seibert all year, 21 fantasy points. He is 5% owned. I think he is particularly strong. I think that Brandon McManus at home to Jacksonville this week, that should be, uh, you know, that just, that really to me just seems like a three field goal game, uh, you know, where this game could realistically end 12 to 9. And I think that McManus uh, projects to have a pretty solid game for Denver there. So that is going to do it this week for our roster management podcast. Hope that that was helpful. Hope that you guys are set up. If you want more news and notes, uh, trade targets, kind of just in general ways to make your fantasy football team better. Uh, the fantasy football workshop are my weekly, you know, my really good article that I think everyone should read is going to be out on rotoexperts.com on Tuesday afternoon. Hope that you guys enjoy that and uh, good luck this week on the waiver wire.